In the following live session recording, Lane Lowry, spiritual formation pastor with Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, leads the session entitled Outside In, Assimilation Through the Sunday School and Groups Ministry. Assimilation is a process, not an event. In this session, the listener will discover how our Sunday School or Groups Ministry already has built-ins that can enable our church to consistently and thoroughly lead people from outsiders to insiders. Let's join Lane now. Thank you. Man, I'm really excited you guys are here. I've got a lot of stuff to cover, and I am really passionate about this. So if I start going too fast, slow me down, please. But uh, this is so important, and what we do is so important. I'm going to talk a lot about processes today. Hear me say that, but I don't want to say it. We have to have these processes because it's all about the people. It really is. It's all about the people. We're going to talk a lot about this, but this whole assimilation conundrum, I tell you about, it's, it's one that I've struggled with over the years of, of ministry. Helping people move from being outsiders to insiders seems to be a moving target. It, at least it has been for me. Um, in my almost, almost 20 years of ministry, it's, it's one of those things that it's just constantly changing and it's constantly hard, but it's important. Back in 2001, Dr. Ken Hemphill and Bill Taylor wrote a book called The Ten Best Practices to Make Your Sunday School Work. They, also, they, they devoted an entire chapter as well as a best practice to assimilation. And I feel like they best captured the essence of what true assimilation is when they said, assimilation is more than becoming a member of a group. In fact, a person may be a member but never be assimilated into the body. The goal is to help people feel that they are wanted, that they belong, and that they are needed. Just as every piece in a jigsaw puzzle is important, and if the picture is to be complete, every person who becomes part of a church is important and needs to feel a sense of identity. Assimilation is helping members know where they fit in to complete the picture. I think that's a great definition. We've got a whole bunch of folks that God's sending us, and we've got to make sure that they fit. They've got a place at the table, that they've got a place that we can complete the picture. If we're going to have a healthy and if we're going to have healthy and sustained growth, growth and ministry success, I believe it's important that we have a, a solid understanding about the process that our church has has in place to move people from first-time guests to fully engaged members. And that's, that's what we want. I believe all of us would say that's what we want. So this morning, I want us to talk about, this is what I want us to talk about. I want to talk about your, my, our church's overall assimilation process and how it can fit perfectly into the sm Sunday school or small groups ministry. So the question is, do you need to rethink your church's assimilation process? So as I think about that, you might need to rethink your church's assimilation process if you don't know what assimilation is. At the end of the day, assimilation simply is to make similar to absorb into the culture of a population or a group. You may need to rethink your assimilation process if you can't explain uh, what your assimilation approach or strategy is. If you don't know what it is, if, if you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure. Well, it's probably time to begin to rethink what your approach is. You may need to rethink it. If uh, no one on your organizational chart is assigned to the assimilation or connections ministry in your church or small group, this is really important here. I, I, I believe that because if, if, if no one's assigned to it, chances are it's probably not going to get done. Uh, and it's certainly not going to get done as effectively as it truly needs to be. I wish people would just automatically show up and, and, and get assimilated, get, get you know, placed in and, and into the flow of ministry, finding themselves in the body life of the church. But you and I both know that that doesn't happen easily. It doesn't happen without intentionality. One of the key things is having someone on your organizational chart, either on your church staff or even at, 
and in the Sunday school as well. Someone needs to own those people. When God sends you those people, somebody needs to take ownership. I wish we all would, but at the end of the day, someone has to be in charge of that. Next, um, you judge growth by your ability to slightly outpace the rate of attrition. You know, at some point, there comes a stopping point. You know, as people continue, if, if we don't shut the back, you've heard that for how many years, if we don't shut the back door, those folks you know, that, that come in, they're going to eventually head out that way. At least some of them will. And so at the end of the day, um, uh, we can't judge our growth by the ability to out, you know, outpace our, our, our attrition. You might need to rethink if uh, you have no idea why someone who seemed to be connected suddenly disappeared. You know, that happens in all size churches. You know, at Warren, we, we are a large fellowship, um, and, and it's, it's imperative that we uh, constantly check that. And, and I constantly talk to my staff team. I oversee our education team. Spiritual formation is, is my title. The minister of education uh, is, is what I do. I have a team of folks, of ministers and, and directors who oversee I, you know, bed babies all the way up through senior adults. So I've got a team of about 14 or 15 ministers on my staff team. And, and I, I'm constantly talking to them, to them about um, their people. Are you, are you in the lives of your people? Are we noticing who's here and who's not? We, we have uh, checklists and roles and things that we're constantly checking. But at the end of the day, um, if someone's missing, I expect them to pick up the phone and call them and find out where they are. You may need to rethink your assimilation process. If people uh, participate in your new members class, if you have one, if you don't, that's another option we want to talk about. But people participate in your new members class, but they're never seen or heard from again. Uh, my goodness. If we get them to that point, and, and, and we get them to come to a new members class, if you, offer, if you don't offer one, let me encourage you to make sure you begin to do that. That's a vital point of, of that. We have a new member course which is required for membership, but I believe it's, it's vitally important because it's, it's, that, it's at that point that we can really talk to them about what it means to be a member at Warren Baptist Church. We want them to know all the ins and the outs. We want them to understand that it is not a spectator sport at Warren. We need them in the game. So often, because Warren is a large church, people come in and they think, well, they don't need any help here. We do. We do, just like you do in your church. You know, the more people you have, the more, the, the more uh, slots you need, you need filled. So at the end of the day, um, if people come, if we come to that place and then we don't hear from them again, shame on us. I mean, goodness, shame on us. Next, you may need to rethink your assimilation process if uh, you look to place volunteers in service regardless of their passions, interests, experiences, or abilities. If you're looking just to plug holes, we need to stop and rethink that. Um, one of the things that we do at our, at our church, we talk about this in our new member class, and we also encourage all of our life groups, our Sunday school classes, all of our life groups to take at least one or two Sundays out of the year and do a, a, a teaching on spiritual giftedness. And we actually, on our website, we have, we have do you have a question? On our website, we have a spiritual gifts inventory that they can go to and take for free. It takes, it's about 113 questions. It takes about... 15 minutes to take, as they go through and take that, that spiritual gifts inventory, it immediately sends them what their top three spiritual gifts are, as well as it sends that to our connections pastor as well. And we encourage our folks as we take them through our Discover Warns, what we call our new member class, for everyone to take that. But there's also there, a, it's called a pie inventory. It's, it's about it's their, what they participate, their passion, interest, um, and their experience. And that's another thing for them. And we really try to place people in areas of ministry where they're gifted. Um, and we don't just try to plug holes. 
Um, we constantly pray, as a staff team, we constantly pray that God would stir in the hearts of our people to step into areas of, of service. But we want to help them do that as well. We want to lead them to that. And one of the ways we do that is by helping them discover their spiritual giftedness. Because you and I both know there's no greater joy than discovering what your giftedness is and then serving the Lord in it. I mean, that's where, that's where the passion is. That's where life is. And that's what we want. If I'm not gifted to be a greeter, then I ought not be a greeter. If I'm not gifted to work with preschool, then I ought not do that. Uh, but, I, but I'm gifted for something. There's, there's something the Lord has for me. And there's something the Lord has for everyone. Because you and I both know the moment we're saved, the moment we're saved, God imparts to us at least one spiritual gift. And it's to be used for the edification, the building up of the body. And we want to help lead our people to that. We want to help lead our people to that. Um, and finally, um, you may need to rethink your assimilation process if you think collecting personal contact information is intrusive. Believe it or not, that's a thing now. Sometimes people think, well, I, you know, I don't want to intrude on their... If they come to us, we're going to ask them for their information. They don't have to give it to us. It's the autonomy of the layperson. You know, they don't have to give it to us. But if they come, we're going to ask them for it. And, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about how we do that because that's really important how you capture that information and then what you do with it. But hear me say this. When they give it to us, we are going to follow up. Now, we're not going to go visit them 17 times and send them 87 emails, but we are going to follow up because if God sends them to us, we are not good stewards if we don't follow up with them. But we're not afraid to ask them for the information. Okay, And, and so, therefore, uh, we do that. So, if you identify with any of these eight statements, then friends, you are in the right place. So let me ask you this. Do you believe it's important to have a good assimilation plan? Do you believe that? Absolutely. Then why? Why, why, what, why? why do you believe that? I'd like to hear from some of you. If you believe that's true, then, then, then why do you believe it? Eddie, what do you think? You know, we, uh, our church, and I presume not any different anywhere else, have a large number of people that are pew warmers and that's it. They yep. come in on Sunday morning and they never get plugged in. We don't give them, it's our fault I think, yeah. to a large degree, we don't give them assimilated <coughs> into the ministry of the church. Sure. So they don't know where to plug in at. So yeah. as a result, they sit. Yeah. So you're saying, just so I want to make I understand what you're saying, you're saying it's important because we need to move people from sitting into serving. We need to get them in service. And why? Why do you think it's important to get people in service? That's what God's called Come on. To do. Amen. Yeah, I just threw you a softball. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else? Anybody else have a reason why you think assimilation is important? One of the problems that we've had, we've had people invite other people and, and they come regularly. Yeah. And all of a sudden that person that invited them for some reason has to move away or whatever. Yes, sir. And that person that they invited, you know, quits coming. Yep. If we don't, you know, and that's one of the things that I, I brought out in our, our teacher's meeting that we, we're doing a poor job of, you know, reacting to those people that, that have come in by, by invitation from someone else. No that's good. There. So, Dane, let me make sure I hear what you're saying. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's important to have a process because we got to get them connected. It can't just be for that one couple. So if, if they come in and we get them connected to a faith family, a Sunday school maybe, the, the chances are they're going to stay, isn't it? Yeah, I, I believe that too. We always say if, if they just come to big church, if they just come to big church and don't get connected to a, a life group, a Sunday school, chances are they're not going to stay. I believe that. I believe that. Does anybody else have anything else? 
I recently read an article. Um, it was titled "The Four Processes." the four processes that drive how people connect with your church. And the article shared three reasons why assimilation was, is, was important. It said it's important because assimilation leads to healthy church growth. Healthy. And I would say sustained church growth, if you will. Um, three reasons, second reason why assimilation is important because assimilation is essential for life change. You know, if they're not coming, you've heard people say, well, I can be a Christian and not go to church. Why in the world would you want that, first of all? I don't understand that. But the reality is, is, is if, if, if they're not getting discipled, they're not going to be what God called them to be. So I believe that we've got to get them assimilated. We've got to get them um, bought in. We've got to get them connected so that they can grow in their faith. That's what we, this is what it's all about. It's seeing people saved and then um, sanctified. And we want to help them do that. Thirdly, we believe it's important because assimilation keeps people the priority. It really does. Like I said, I've got a lot of process stuff I'm going to talk about today. And, 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 but it's important because the thing that drives me, the thing that I'm most passionate about, is seeing lives change for the gospel. And, and seeing people, making sure that people are the priority. And as you know as well as I do, ministry is busy. Regardless of the size of church you're in, there's always something going on. There's always things that need to be uh, taken care of. And if we're not careful, we, we miss the people for the paperwork. Guilty as charged oftentimes. I've got to talk to my coach myself up. Get out from your desk and get out amongst the people. And at the end of the day, assimilation keeps people the priority. When we have people that are looking at, as God sends them to us, if, we ha if we're looking at those people as individuals, not just that bottom number at the end of the day, how did we do on Sunday, not just that tally, but that tally is individual people. So a, 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 a proper assimilation process, I firmly believe, I firmly believe keeps people the priority. So let's kind of talk through these uh, one at a time. Assimilation leads to, to, healthy, to a healthy church growth. And I believe, I believe it is the glue. It is the glue that helps people stick to our ministry. It is the intentional steps that help people get and stay connected. Uh, people crave com community. We know that. We were created for community. Lost people need community too, and they'll look for community in a myriad of ways. We want them to find community in a Christ-centered context. Amen? We want them to find community in a Christ. And I believe when we get them, when we have that assimilation process, and we get them connected to that Christ-centered community, it truly is the glue. Often it's thought that church growth is the, is the primary job of the pastor and the outreach evangelism ministry, and that's not true. Yes, the pastor in our, our outreach evangelism ministry plays a role in that, but it can't be just left up to the pastor. It cannot be. It's the entire, uh, it's all the ministries and all the systems working together to move people from being outsiders to insiders. So see, we can be fooled into thinking that everything is good as long as, a, a, as, long as new visitors outnumber those slipping out the back door. That's that, that whole attrition thing we talked about. People are assimilated, people who are assimilated well are more likely to become members, givers, leaders, and volunteers who will, who will support the mission of the church. And at the end of the day, we want to see people grow up in Christ. We want to see them move to what God has called them to be and called them to do. I believe that this is, that this is a true statement and we must intentionally work to help make this happen. And like I said, friends, you and I, you know, we've all been in ministry long enough to understand that it's not just going to happen naturally. It's not especially as our society gets busier and busier and busier. There's more things to do. They're now in the gust of playing like uh, rec league games on Sundays. 
Travel ball, I don't know where you are, is of the devil, I'll be honest with you. I mean, seriously. My son played basketball all through, uh, you know, from upward all the way up through. He played on a high school basketball team, and he used to beg me to get on a travel team. I said, we ain't going to do it. And I'm not going to, at the end of the day, my point is, is that there's so many things out there that are vying for our people's attention. That's right. And they're pulling them from so many different directions. And it's vitally important that we have a process in place to help them, to help grow them up in, in, their, in their faith, help to disciple them. And it's all about helping them find connection. So at the end of the day, as we talked about assimilation, a proper assimilation plan leads to healthy church growth. Next. I probably can't read those. I'm sorry. I got a lot of information on my little screen here. Assimilation is essential for life change. Uh, you know, we can't expect the pastor to carry the entire burden and responsibility of, of discipling the body of Christ. Yes, his is the primary voice, pastors. Yes, yours is the primary voice. However, it takes much more to empower sustainable life change and growth in Christ. This is where the other ministries come into play. This is it. I mean, obviously, um, like I said, it's, it's that whole machine working together, if you will. Um, as we talk about the first step there, you know, this is where the other ministries come into play and come into place. The small groups, both, I think our churches need both open groups as well as closed groups. But I want to talk specifically right now about open groups. That's your Sunday school. That's your, your, your we call them life groups at Warren. John, what do y'all call them? Sunday school. Okay, Sunday school. Some people call them community groups. Some people call them small groups. It's Sunday. It's the open group ministry where people can come in at any time. Visitors are always welcome. We want lost people coming to our Sunday school classes. Um, uh, we want people to be able to come in at any time. It's always open. I challenge every one of my Sunday schools that meet on campus on Sunday morning to leave the first couple chairs next to the door open because we're, we're expecting guests. You know, if you fill the room up and you don't have any place for guests, then you're not expecting guests. I know when, when I have guests getting ready to come over to the house, I get the house cleaned up, I get things ready to go, and, I, and I'm, I'm preparing for guests. I want all of our Sunday schools to be preparing for guests. But small groups is a vital, I mean, it is vital, vital. It's, it's, it's paramount that we have a system in place to connect people to our group's ministry. And I mean, I will talk about this ad nauseum. When, when you walk into Warren, I want them to know that we value groups. That we value small group Sunday school classes. We offer classes on Sunday morning at Warren at 8, 9, 30, and 11. We, all, we also we do a hybrid. We offer groups in homes during the week. We have Sunday school that meets on Wednesday nights. We have rooms on Wednesday where people come in. That, that if they're serving on Sunday, they can meet there on Wednesday night. We offer child care on our Grovetown campus. We're a satellite. We have a satellite campus. And it, they have no adult Sunday school space there, so they do 100% of their groups meet in homes during the week. But at the end of the day, we make much about it. We have what's, what we call a life group on-ramp, where we take a couple Sundays and we, we uh, publicize Sunday school classes. We offer people how to do We have the life group leaders in the, in the uh, church foyer where they can come and find out more about the groups. And we do everything we can to get our people connected to a life group. Because we believe that's vitally important. Um, we, we talk about it from the pulpit. I'm grateful that my pastor is a Sunday school pastor. He believes in Sunday school. So he'll talk about it in his message. He too will say, hey, you know, you're missing a part of your, of, your, of your spiritual walk if you're not connected to a life group. He'll talk a lot about that. So at the end of the day, we offer open, group, open groups. And then as the closed group, we started a, a process called discipleship groups where most of those are birthed out of the life groups. But these are uh, five to seven believers, men with 
with men and women with women that meet throughout the week as well. I lead a, I, I just ended a group, uh, but I met with a group of men. There was uh, uh, five of us in a group, uh, no, four, excuse me, four of us in a group. And we met at 6.30 on Tuesday mornings at Starbucks. And all, 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 all those brothers were believers, but it was just us walking through life in, in, you know, d- deeper. We studied scriptures together. So we offered discipleship groups as well, which would be considered a closed group. We also offer uh, groups on Wednesday evenings, um, um, felt need studies, parenting, um, uh, marriage studies, different, different studies like that as, as well. And those would be considered closed groups. But the point is, we're trying to move people when God sends them to us. We're trying to move them to the next step. And for us, the next step is a life group connection. And we'll make much of that. And I'll talk about the process here in just a little bit. But we make much of that. Then the next piece is, is missions and outreach. That's another great way to help folks get connected. Obviously, there's, there's mission trips. We take, um, we take local mission trips. We take you know, national mission, mission trips. And we take global mission trips as well. But then we also do community mission projects and sports outreach ministry. See, those are great ways to connect with people obviously, great ways to connect with people, and then also great ways to help them find a place to serve. Especially for a new believer who doesn't, maybe, you know, they're, they're, they're new, to the, new to the Lord, um, and, and they just want to do something, they, wanna, they, they know they're supposed to serve. Well, we do a thing um, uh, about three, three, four times a year called uh, City Serve. And where we just go out, we have different ministry. We partner with our, our, um, our community missions uh, department, and we go out and serve a whole, and all kinds of, all over the city. And many of our life groups have ongoing mission projects that they do, either quarterly or even more, more often than that. But that's where you can take someone who is new to the faith and get them in, in, in serving, serving with others. And I love it when my life groups, my Sunday school classes, I love it when they adopt a mission project and serve together in that. Like I said, the sports outreach, outreach ministry at Warren, we do uh, upward sports. We have um, uh, the, just the varied, you know, the varied upward sports we do. It's, I feel like we're always in some sort of season. But then we also offer adult leagues as well. And that's another great tool to get folks connected. Uh, and we try, to get, we try to do that through our sports and outreach ministry. And then the next step, as, as, as we talk about this, it's serving. It's, it's age division ministries. I tell you, I, I, I love it when I see our folks empty their, their life group because they're sending people out into service so that they can fill it back up. But we encourage people to get, uh, to get involved in age division ministry. What I mean by that is serving in preschool, children, student ministry, uh, college, and what have you. Our first impressions team. That's a real great spot where you know, people who, who may not have the gift of teaching, but they have the gift of hospitality. But our first impression team, that's our golf cart drivers, our door greeters, our ushers, um, uh, our connect table leaders. At the end of the day, we want, I tell you, um, uh, First Baptist Statesboro, they ought to do a class on that. Talking about hospitality, they, they, they know how to do it here. It's been incredible. All those folks in blue shirts, they're members here. Unbelievable. He said, I think he said yesterday he had 120 people volunteer. That is incredible. But when people roll up on your campus, you know, a lot of them are coming there for the first time, and it truly is the first impression. So that's a great place, but it's a great place to get people connected. We connect with them, but it's a great place to, to employ people in, into ministry. Then the worship choir and tech teams, again, uh, great places for people to serve. Then are also our, our, our men's and women's ministry great options and great opportunities for folks to get connected. Each of these can be powerful drivers for life change. And each of these are key milestones in a church's assimilation process. But it doesn't just happen. There's got to be some intentionality behind it. 
You've got to make ease of entry in each of these areas. And we're going to talk about that here in just a, a, a few minutes. Next is assimilation keeps people the priority. I said that at the very beginning. I'm talking a lot about processes, but it truly is about relationships, relationships, relationships. People, everybody wants to go where, where, where they know your name. Remember the old cheer song? They, I mean, that's the truth. And regardless of the size of church you're in, people want to feel welcomed and they want to go to a place where uh, they have a place of connection. When we make much of the assimilation process, we are showing an interest in people, making them feel valued, included, and special. We don't want to just make them feel welcomed. We want to make them feel wanted. We want to make, to make them feel wanted. We want them to be there. We, we have a place at the, at, the, at the table ready for them. There's a place of ministry for them. There's a place of connection for them. We, we want that for people. This, is, this often leads to more committed, engaged, and passionate church members. Man, oh man, how valuable and how important is that? Any questions? You mentioned that uh, y'all do something called, and you may go over this later. Sure. Discover more. Yes, sir. How often do y'all do that? Sure. And, and what does it you know, consist of and stuff like that? Great. Six to eight times a year. Okay. We do that. And the way we do it is um, we, we do it on Sunday morning. Okay. Um, for, for, um, four times a year we do it on Sunday mornings. Two times a year we do it on Wednesday night. On Sunday morning... Our connections pastor, which I'm going to talk about Drew here in a little bit. Drew is my young and meeting adult and connections pastor. He owns the connections ministry. Okay, So what he does is he teaches, we have classes that meet at 9.30 and 11, so they can pick either one. So, Because like I said, we have Sundays, the way we work at Warren Augusta, we have Sunday school that meets at 8, 9.30 and 11. And we have worship services at 8, 9.30 and 11 also. So what we do is we take the 9, 30, and 11 services or hours and we teach Discover Warm. Two, two same classes, you, know, you only have to go to one of those. So if people want to go there at 9, 30, then they go to worship at 11. If they want to go at, you know, at worship at 9, 30, then they go to uh, Discover Warm at 11. And it's all things Warren. We talk about everything, what it means to be a member at Warren Baptist Church. We actually, we start with the gospel though, because the most important thing is we want people connected to Christ. Right. So we go over, we, we talk in, in depth about the gospel. And then we talk to them about what it means to be a member. And I hear in just a moment, I'm going to talk through what our steps are for membership at Warren. Um, and then it, again, it, 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 at the end of the day, we, we show, we give them an opportunity to find a place to serve. Matter of fact, in your packet there, you'll see there's a card here. It says, Contact me about volunteering. We talk much about that because we really want to get people connected into an area of service. So that's talked about it at, at, that, at that meeting as well. So we do that, like I said, we do that four times uh, on uh, a year on Sunday morning. But then we do it two times on Wednesday night and, and Dr. McKinley, our pastor, comes to that one. He can't come to the one on Sunday morning because he's preaching you know, three, three services um, on Sunday morning. So he comes to the Wednesday night one. And we really, we really promote that. And matter of fact, we had one on Wednesday night um, about a month ago, and we had I think it was 36 folks come uh, to be a participant. Generally, on Sunday morning, we'll have you know between 10 and 20 or so. Uh, and, and then uh, when when pastor comes, you know, obviously people want to be able to to, to hear from yeah, them. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's really it's been very very valuable. It's been very valuable. I highly recommend it. Uh, I really do. It's been it's written in our bylaws that you have to do that in order to become a member of yeah. Warren. So how it's long you run the class? I mean, it's one hour. I, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, how many weeks? It's one. Oh, it's one. It's one one-hour class. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Any other questions? So what do we need to develop an effective assimilation process? At Warren, um, we believe there's four, there's four key components um, to an uh, effective assimilation process. Component one is the passion for people. It's all about the people. I mean, it truly is. It's all about the people. And it's not about, you know, uh, you know just looking at that bottom number. Each, Like I said earlier, each one of those is a person. We need a, a, a plan and a system in place. A strategic plan and system in place. And again, what drives that plan and system, it's the people. It's, it's, the, it's the desire to see people be all they can be in Christ. Component three, it's an expectation for our staff and lay leaders to work the process. Force it's accountability. It's accountability. What I do is like to go back and talk about each one of these a little, little more in depth. When I say, you know, it's it's a it's it's a passion for people. You know, you say, well, of course it is. That's why I'm in ministry. I mean, you know, that's why we're in ministry. We are about people. I think we all know that sometimes in ministry we can get caught up and and bogged down in our programs and processes and miss the people. I know I've said that about seven times already today, but it's just really important. For me, I'm a, I'm kind of a type A guy. I love systems and boxes, and I love the checklists off, and 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 I just I, I, I that's where I groove. I groove on that kind of stuff, systems and making things work. And I I've constantly got to coach myself that it's 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 about the people because I, I mean I love people too, but I you know I, it's not about my system. My system helps me keep people the top priority. And I've got to constantly remind myself of that. Um, it's vital that we ask the Lord to help us to love his people and to help us notice them. I challenge my ed team all the time about that. Pray for, for, for the people God sends us. And we've got to be incredible stewards of those people. And, and, and so, so I, I challenge, because again, you know, I guarantee every one of us has a ton of stuff going on in your, in your different areas of ministry. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about the people. We're doing this because we love God and we love His people. And that's what we've constantly got to keep reminding ourselves and making sure we have these processes in place so that we don't miss people. We don't want, pe- we don't want to lose people out the back door. We don't want people to say, well, I went there and you know, nobody talked to me or I went and I quit going and nobody ever called me. Nobody ever called me. Nobody ever cared. And you're thinking, we ought to be a little mature of that. But no, we, we ought not think anything. At the end of the day, we have a responsibility. If I don't hear from my kids for an extended period of time, I'm gonna pick up the phone and call them because I love them. You know, that's right. You know, they don't live with me anymore; they're grown on their own. But if if, if I, I stay tethered to them because I care about them, if I didn't know where they were for the next three or four months, I mean, I would not go more than a couple days without hearing from one of my kids. And neither would you. I, I know that. And so people are the priority. So therefore, if we don't see them, somebody's got to notice that. Somebody has to notice that. Component two. A plan and a system in place. Again, assimilation, it's a process. It's not an event. We don't have, okay, assimilation, we're done. It is the, it's the process. It's the process of, of, of what we do. I've heard it said that the assimilate, that assimilation is like an engine, uh, just like a car's engine is made up of multiple parts all working together to move the vehicle in a direction. An effective assimilation plan and system is one that involves many different areas working together to move people, hear this, from first-time visitors to fully engaged members. And that's what we want. Right. We want to move from first-time visitors to fully engaged members. Let me ask you, what is your church's definition of a fully 
engaged or a fully assimilated member. Does anybody have, what, if, if you had to think about that, think about your, your, your area of ministry, your, your, your church, what would you consider a fully engaged or fully assimilated member? What do you think? There's no wrong answers here. I'll toss out. Hmm. Let's get started. For us at Avalon, we have three things. Attend, give, and serve. Great. Attend worship, Sunday school, give, and serve. Like that. Thank you, John. Attend, give, and serve. Anybody? We don't really have, we don't have a, a good definition. Okay. Therefore, we don't have really good expectations. Okay. So I think if you would ask different members of the church who are committed to our church, they would have different definitions entirely. Some people may say it's somebody that serves. Some people may say it's somebody that's giving. Some people may say it's somebody that attends every service. But we don't really have a good definition in place. Well, Pastor, let me ask you this. If you look at one of those core members, think of a core member that you would, you would consider core. What attributes do they possess that you would say, man, I'd like for all the members to do that. Can you just, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there some things that you that you can think of? They're committed. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as they're attending. Yep. They're giving. They're serving. Um, that's good. Yeah. I, I, same thing with John said. Absolutely. That's, that's right on. I like that. I heard uh, somebody, uh, I was listening to, I think it was a podcast or maybe it was an article I read that, that um, someone who attends, I want to say 40% of the time, in a lot of places it's considered core now, 40% of the time. Uh, uh, in that same article, the, the author said that people treat their church memberships like their gym memberships. They go when it's uh, convenient, you know. But you know what? I'm not going to wave the right white flag. I mean, I'm going down fighting. I know you are too. That's why you're here. Does anybody else have any other definitions, if you would, of what your church's definition is of a fully engaged member? At Warren, we, uh, we defined uh, what a fully engaged member is as someone who's completed the steps for membership, as well as some other things. So someone to, in order to be a member at Warren Baptist Church, you have to come forward at the end of a worship service. No, it's not written in the Bible anywhere that says you have to walk the aisle. And I've had people ask me that before, but it's in our bylaws. In order to become a member at a worship service, you have to come forward and request membership. Or come forward, and, and, and so that's it. So when they have to come forward, in order to be a member at Warren, you have to have a testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. Do we want lost people coming? Absolutely we want lost people coming. We want lost people coming and, and, and being a part of our, our worship services. We want lost people coming and being a part of our groups. And we'll even allow people that are far away from the Lord to participate in our adult sports leagues. We want that. We welcome that. But if you're going to be a member at Warren, you have to be able to give a testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. To be a member at Warren, you have to have been baptized by immersion, whether at Warren or elsewhere, after placing your faith in Christ. And then in order to be a member at Warren, you have to attend Discover Warren. That's what those are the steps for membership. And that's good. I believe that's 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 what we do for membership. But we're looking for a fully engaged member. So we believe, same with, with John and same with you, Pastor. We believe that in order to be fully engaged, so they've got to go through the steps of membership, and then to be fully engaged, they're active in a life group. They're an active life group member. They they have an active serve role. They're serving somewhere actively. They're an active tither or they're consistently giving. And, and we take it another step further as well, and we want to be an active disciple maker. 
at Warren, our, our mission is to make disciples and multiply disciple makers. And so um, a fully engaged member, uh, we believe, is someone who's obviously taken the steps of membership, but at the end of the day, they're replicating themselves. They're pouring into others so that others can come to know uh, Jesus Christ. And then they're also, you know, they're discipling those, those folks. So how do you measure that? Yeah, uh, that's great. Obviously, the, the top's very easy to measure. It's a checklist. The next few, uh, you can, you know, obviously, life group attendance, active serve role, we can measure that. And we use, uh, we use ACS as our automated church system, is our, is our church software that we use. And, and uh, we, we make sure we're, we're, we plug everybody in. We check, you know, I mean, giving uh, at the end of the day. Obviously, we don't know if they're a tithe or not. We can only uh, assume, but consistent in giving. And the active disciple maker is folks that are uh, in, in, involved leading D groups. Okay. That's what, that's kind of how, how we do that. And obviously, that funnel goes, you know, like that. Those D groups, I mean, like right now on Sunday mornings, like we had last Sunday, we had um, uh, almost 900 adults in, in, in Sunday school classes. Now, of those 900, only about 300 participate are, are participating in, in, in our D groups. You know, I wished it was more than that, you know, but we're working on it. That's good. You know, we're working on it. So, any other questions? That's our scorecard. And it's a starting place to help us track our new members and measure whether we're succeeding in moving people from outsiders to insiders. Well, now that we've defined a, a desired outcome, which is a fully engaged church member, in our next step along the assimilation process, I'd like to share with you in detail how we work the process. What's a D group look like? And what's, how, how do you differentiate that Perfect. from your other groups? Great question. Okay, D group um, is a closed group. Okay. They meet uh, once the group is set. They they now. Do you set that or do they set those? We do. Okay. Uh, we, 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 we have a starting point. D, D groups is one of those things that God is dealing with me that I've got to hold loosely in my hand. I mean, I, I'm a numbers guy. I love to get my reports. Um, and and with the D groups because ninety percent of our D groups meet off campus at different hours. I've tried to use, uh, 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 we use Planning Center, if y'all are y'all willing, uh, what Planning Center we use for um, our worship and what have you, but there's also a groups component of Planning Center. And the reason I use Planning Center because they, they, we can, they can download an app, it's for attendance. So we use Planning Center for attendance. But again, like I said, the autonomy of, of, of lay people, if they want to do the attendance, they can't, you know. So at the end of the day, I, tr I try to track it that way, through attendance that way. So let, real quick, I'm um, sorry, I didn't mean to chase that rabbit. But what we do is we open up. Um, we've, been, we've been promoting since the end uh, or since the beginning of, of August, end of June, beginning of August, that we have a new D groups um, semester, if you will, starting in September. September 15th, we'll kick off D groups for the next, for the year. Mm -hmm. And we ask them to commit for one year. So D groups are, consist of believers, people who've, who've come to know Christ, um, and they commit to, to one year. It's men with men and women with women. It's, it's um, three to seven um, people in a group. We try to keep the group relatively small. Sure. And then so what we do is, is many of my, praise God, this is our third year doing D groups now. So many of our folks are going out and starting their own D groups. They're, 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 and then they report back to us. Okay, Lane, I'm leading a D group here. These are my core folks. I'm, I'm leading a D group and I've got, I've got you know, Bill, John, and, and, and Sean with me in my D group. And then we, we, I, I, I make a roll for them. But for, for right now, my assistant, Deborah, she, we, we've had, we've, it's on our website, so they've been filling out, they've been registering to be a part of a D group. On that registration form, it you know, obviously tells us if you're a man or a woman, tells us that we pick a day of the week that they can meet. And so we take all those and then we synthesize those and we form groups. 
And then we, I have leaders. And so I send, you know, if the leader hadn't already got his own group or she hadn't already got her own group, I say, okay, you know, Pam, here's, here's your ladies in your D group. And then they'll meet with them. And we, just like I have a, a, I have a leader application, they have to go through that process as well. And then when they sit down with the D group, there's a covenant that they sign together just saying that they're going to commit to the year and they're going to commit to being there. And so that's kind of how, how that works. It's, 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 um, it's loosely uh, held, if you will. Um, I, I track them the best I can, but it's not like the Sunday school where we're, most of them are on campus or they're in homes and we're tracking them that way. Uh, they're all over the, uh, the, the city and they're doing it at, at varied times of, of the day. But it's been one of the best things we've done, man. I mean, it's great. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to continue to grow. That's great question. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. We're talking about active members. We're at a point at our church now where we have close to 800 some members. That's awesome. Well, here's the downside. We only have about 200 we would call active members. Okay. We got some we know that moved out of state five years ago, but they won't move their letter. Do y'all have a requirement that how to take them members off or anything? Because that's something we're looking at now. Yeah. Once you know somebody's out of state attending another church, they shouldn't really be on your membership role. Yeah, you know, getting off a of Baptist membership role, man, is, uh, is a I big mean, deal. We actually mm-hmm. had to amend our bylaws to be able sure. to call our last pastor. Because what bylaws wrote. Okay. And we, we've got a, we've got a membership secretary at our church. She's our connection. She's our connection secretary. She's her, and we have another another assistant. And and I was sharing with, with one of the groups last night that um, you know I want to keep them on the roll is, and until we know that they have graduated to heaven mm-hmm. or that they have joined another church uh, or they've told us, look, I don't I, I don't want to. We're not going to be a member there anymore. We keep them on the roll. Um, so there's some people that we've tried to track down, we can't track down. We keep them on there. What we eventually do is we move them to a, a deactivated status, but they're not off the roll. So if, if, if we want to get to them, we can. Um, but uh, that's how we do it. It's, it's, it's the minutia of what we have to do. But praise God, we've got somebody that's, that's working that. You know, I don't know if that answers your question. But we, we, we don't just take them. I mean, if, if we call them and they say, look, I'm going to so-and-so church. If they say I'm going so-and-so and I want to move my letter... Um, I, honestly, I don't know what we do about that. I don't think that, that I don't know if that's ever happened. It may have. I'll ask my my membership secretary when I get back there. But if you know, I'd ask him why, especially if it's a local church. Now, if they've moved out of state, they said, I don't want to move my letter because I may be coming back. You know, they could do watch care over that new state if it's another Southern Baptist church. You know, we could do that. But um, but but generally, if they've moved out of state, then we'll we'll pull them off the roll. If they but if they ask us to keep them on, we'll keep them on. You know, good question. But you know, our clerk says that some churches don't request letters. Unbelievable! Like you can join another yeah, yeah. church, and they won't request a letter. So another not, Southern Baptist so church? Yeah. So it's not yeah. like the person is choosing to stay on your role. It's just the church doesn't go through that process. They just add them on and don't worry about where else they are. Wow. We've had that issue yeah. too. With a, we do too. Yeah. You know, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, and, and if you can discover that, and then you could always, you know, but that I'll tell you now that you, that's that's kind of having to be a sleuth to come up with some of that stuff, tracking that, some of that stuff down. That's a great question, man. Great question. I don't know if anybody has an answer for that. I don't, I, I don't have a good one. <laughs> one of our ministers did get go through because of that same situation and try to contact people yeah. and ask, do you want to stay on? Are you going, so, are you, are you going somewhere else? What do you want us to do? Yeah. That's good. they're just sitting there. And, right. Well, we have a lot of folks too. I'm sure you do as well. That come forward for membership. You know, they come forward, and then for us, we immediately contact them to be a part of Discover Warren, and we can't get them across the, the goal line to come to Discover Warren. Yes. And we keep contact and keep contact. You know, and we do everything. We, we send emails. We send literally postcards in the snail mail, and we pick up the phone and call them. 
Um, and, and we just, honestly, we just keep doing it, keep doing it. I'm blessed to have uh, the lady who is our connections assistant. She is a bulldog, man. I mean, she will get after it. And she gets on the phone and she calls and calls. And, and Drew, our connections pastor, does as well. And we're just going to keep doing it till Jesus comes back. I mean, that's just, that's what we're called to do. So it, 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 it can be frustrating, though, for sure. An expectation of our staff and lay leaders uh, to work the process. Uh, our assimilation process is not complicated, however, it is work, and we've just kind of unearthed that and discovered that. The first step in our assimilation process is to capture our guest contact information. We do this in a number of ways. Um, obviously, our, our life, uh, you know, our welcome announcement, each, each worship venue. Um, if you'll notice in the packet, I, I gave you a bunch of information. We've got the, our Connect card in there. We're going to come back and talk about each of these. But um, we have our Connect cards that, that, we, that we have in the pews as well as in our, our worship guides. Uh, every Sunday morning, our Life Group guest form. That's this form here the, uh, that has the carbon copy on the back. And then we have our Connect table cards. These are these cards here. Um, and then we have our worship response card, which is this card right here. And we'll talk about each of these individually here in just a moment. Um, but... We, we're going to do everything we can to capture that information um, as, as people come in. Wherever they, wherever they come, we want to make sure that we're capturing that information. Um, on the, on the, on the uh, guest connect card here, first time guest worship service, here's the deal. At the end of the day, Every Sunday, we, we do two announcements. The first announcement is this right here, this Connect card. So I, uh, I ask all my guys to go up and do announcements uh, on Sunday morning to have this card in your hand. And we also take a, we have a photograph of this card, and, it's, and it comes up on our screens when the minister walks up there to do the connection. We always do, we welcome first-time guests, then we do whatever, uh, uh, another announcement of something that's getting ready to happen in the church. But every Sunday, they walk up there and they say, hey, welcome to Warren. So grateful that you're here. My name is Lane. I'm spiritual formation pastor here at Warren Baptist Church. We're we're so grateful you're here with us today. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love to have a record of your attendance. I promise you we're not going to inundate you with a bunch of emails and phone calls, but we are going to check on you periodically. Would you take just a moment, find the Connect card in the front of the pew or in your worship guide, would you simply fill that out and drop it in the offering plate when it comes around? It would be just a great, great way for us to connect with you. Okay, until I do that quite a bit. But at the end of the day, we do that every Sunday. We do that. We don't stand up, make everybody shake. I mean, you can do that if you like, but we we don't. We just go we go that route, and then we take that and they drop that in the offering plate. And so when they do that, that begins a system. So here we go. Now this is where it's probably going to get dry. I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as we can because I don't want to want to be a good steward over time. We're okay on time, but here's the deal. So when the first time guest cards come in. They're dropped in the offering place. So the guys pick up the offering. They bring them back to the office where they drop the, the money in the, into the safe and they take these and they put these on the connection secretary's connections assistant's desk. And so when that happens, the first thing that happens that, that their guest info information is added uh, and updated or updated in our, our ACS system. FTGs, that's first time guests are flagged as such and populated on a first time guest report. Okay, every Sunday, they said. So my uh, my 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 um, connections assistant, she actually comes in on Sunday afternoon. She's off early on Friday, so we give her Sunday because so, she wants to come in on Sunday because she wants to get a start on this. So when she gets these in, she's immediately uh, inputting them into. We we use ACS Automated Church Systems as our as our our church database. Then the first time guest report uh, names are, are signed by Drew. He's our young and meeting adult and connections pastor, and emailed by Pam. Pam is another one of our connections ministry assistants. I've got Robin's full time. Pam is part time. Um, um, 
and it's emailed by Pam to an age-specific minister to contact with a thank you phone call and or email touch. What that means is, for example, if uh, we have a, 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 a single that's 30 years old or older comes and fills this card out and notates that, that, that information is emailed to Sean Allen, our singles, our sing, singles 30 plus uh, pastor. And then during that week, he has to make a phone call. He picks up the phone and calls them and thanks them for coming. Not only does he thank them for coming, the next thing out of his mouth, he said, did you try a, a life group? Did you try an adult Bible study? We call them life groups here. No, I didn't. Well, let me encourage you. And he, he shares with them information about how to get connected to the life group. So it's the welcome. How was your visit? Encourage them to get connected to a life group. So if it's a, if it's a, a young married, Drew makes that phone call. If it's, a, if it's a single woman, Jacqueline, our women's uh, minister, she makes that phone call. Okay? And so all that's populated off of this card right here. And then the, the pastor is to connect. Again, we talked about uh, contact the life group. Then the pastor will contact the life group leader. Okay, so if it's if it's Sean again, Sean's our singles 30 plus pastor and he gets a, a, a single male adult in there who is 45 years old. He's got a, a life group, a, a singles adult life group that that is in that age range. And then he contacts the, the life group leader and says, hey, John, Bill came. He's 45 years old. He came Sunday. Here's his contact information. Will you make contact? And then Bill, the life group leader, calls or emails and, and invites got to come to his life group. Pastors are then to report their contact results answered or not to Pam, uh, Pam and or Robin, and they add in, their, in the person's uh, contact page. So we ask them to make sure they get that information back to, the, to, to our connections office so that they can update that information. Because if, if you're familiar with ACS, there's a place in there for contacts and connections and groups. So we put it in there, contacted on, you know, Monday, August 19th, this was the result of the contact. Okay, and then occasionally the connections office will flag a lapsed, a, uh, a lapsed attending guest as a as a first time guest for a fresh contact. Once again, that's because they're constantly working this system. I'm I am blessed at Warren to have a, a pastor assigned to connections and one and a half ministry assistants assigned to it as well. It's that important. Okay, I know it's not like that everywhere, so I understand that. But my point is that since God's given us that, that, that ability to have that, I want them constantly working on that. So that first-time guest list is, is, is begun, and they're seeing those names. So they're constantly looking at those names, making sure they're getting connected. So when they see someone, because they're looking at it every day. All right, they're looking at it daily. So when they see someone that's come through the system and they haven't yet got connected, they'll put them back in the system as another first-time guest contact. But they'll let the they'll they'll notate it. This is you know this we we need to follow up on them again. So then that information is given to the age-appropriate minister to make contact again, and we'll pick up the phone. And I can tell you, I have in my nearly 20 years of doing this, and I, and I, I ask them to send me names too because I want to stay in the game myself. So let's send me names. I can't tell you how often when I call somebody, they are so, they welcome the call. I've never had anybody say, don't call me again and hang up. I've never had that happen. I'm sure it has happened, but it hadn't happened to me. When I call them, most of the time, they're shocked that we'd even call them. They're like, I can't believe you, 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 you took the time to call us. Well, of course you did. I said, you took the time to come. You know, used to be, used to be we'd go visit them. Remember those days? If y'all been in ministry a long time, we'd go visit them. I think we still should. I'll be honest with you. I think we still should. I think that's fantastic. And we do that periodically. We don't do it near enough. Shame on us. Um, but at the end of the day, so we, we make those phone calls. The second one is our life group, is our life group slip. And I showed you this right here. Again, as they come in, 
uh, if they're if they're brought to a life group, um, they, the, the life group secretary, you know, fills out the information on this. They um, they keep one and they give one to the Sunday school office. They tear this off. They keep one and give one. It's nothing new there. And at the end of the day, once again, the life group guest info information is added uh, in ACS. The life group guests are then flagged as such, and then P- Pam emails each life group leader of uh, their assigned guest volunteer or their assigned guest volunteer for uh, guest info and contact and follow up, as well as to a pastor as well. So the process just is it's, it's the same process. The first process they came to us through the through the uh, through the worship service. Via connect card. This they come to us through the life group. Praise the Lord through this. The, they turn one of them into the life group's office, which finally, which makes its way to the connections office. The other one, the life group leader keeps. But we don't just assume they're going to keep it. We go ahead and email them that information as well because we want to make we want to make sure they have it. And we ask them to make sure they follow up. Then we ask an age division minister to follow up as well. The next step: preschool and kids. This is the card here. This this is at our connect tables as well as at our preschool and our children's ministry areas as well. Same system. Okay, when this comes in, preschool and kids, uh, the, the preschool and kids administrative assistant adds or updates the info in ACS. Names are then emailed to the connections office so their so their connection tab can be flagged, followed by a hard copy letter to the to the to the connect office. These names are also added to the first-time guest report that Drew assigns. We'll talk about that report here in just a moment. Now, hear me say this: uh, if, if obviously as parents come in, if they're going to drop their, if they're first-time guests and they're going to drop their kids off, we, they have to give us their information. And okay, they do, and we follow up with them. And even if they don't fill out something in the, if they don't fill out a connect card in the worship service. Uh, or if they don't feel if they don't go to a Sunday school and fill out a card there, if we get their information, they are added as a first-time guest, and we make the phone call. Now it's notated on there. Um, Lane and Liz dropped Kaylee off in, in the fifth-grade class. Okay, we, you know, and, and so we pick up the phone. We say, "Hey, um, I noticed you guys came to, to to our children's ministry. Hope Kaylee had a great visit. Tell me, how did y'all like the church? I mean, it's that, it's that simple. By chance, have y'all had an opportunity to try an adult life group?" We always get that in there as well. So we make that contact. Once again, uh, uh, we, I've never had anybody say, hey, don't call me again. Or how'd you get my information? Well, you, we, you know, we got your information because you gave it to us downstairs. And, 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 and we're going to follow up with you. All right. Students, um, same way. Uh, they, they have the Connect card, the same card as well. Then the, the Warren Student Ministry ad, Administrative Assistant emails the student name to, to the Connect office. The Connect office will add and update info in ACS. However, if the guest attends with a friend, we don't... We don't add them the first time, okay? We don't because that's so fluid with with the, with our kids. So then, but but so we don't add if it's if it's the first time we keep track of it because we have the report, but we don't put them in the system until they until they've been coming for uh, multiple visits or they request or they come for membership. Uh, this, again, this is just guest, but then our Warren uh, student ministry staff, they make personal contact with every student via phone call uh, and or text message. So they, you know, kids like text, text message. So they, they're making sure that they're, they're, they're contacting their, their guests as, as well. Continue on. Prayer. 
the prayer connect card. If you notice on the back of that connect card that we have in the pews, as well as we have uh, in, in the worship guides, there's a place for folks to share prayer requests, and we encourage that. And so at the end of the day, our guest connect cards and life group guest forms uh, with prayer requests are copied and given to our prayer ministry. Dave Dillard is our, we call it a mature adult pastor. He's our mature, mature adult and pastoral care pastor. Um, and then Jacqueline Hyder is our prayer uh, ministry uh, director. So if it's a prayer request, they go to Jacqueline, who takes those, and she and, and they populate a list, and that prayer list is placed in our um, in our prayer room, and we have a prayer team that comes in every Wednesday, and they pray over those, as well as our staff does as well. So they are being prayed for. If it's a if it's a uh, like a medical request, if there's a like there, someone's getting ready to have surgery, that that then goes to Julie, who's in our pastoral care office with Dave Dillard, our mature adult and pastoral care pastor, and then they update that we have a hospital list, like just like you do. We have a hospital list as well as a prayer list, and so they're put on the hospital list, and then Dave makes contact with them. And um, you know, it says, you know, I understand you're having surgery. Can you give us some details? And if they give us the details, then we go visit them in the hospital prior to surgery. If it's a, if it's a, um, if it's a, if it's a 33 year old, Dave will pick up the phone and call Drew, who's our young immediate adult pastor, and say, Hey, Drew, we'll let you know that there's someone in your age division getting ready to have surgery. Um, will you cover that, or do you want me to cover it? And then you know, I, Drew will go cover that surgery. We, we try to do age division ministries for each of those. But bottom line, if Drew can't do it, Dave's going to do that. Okay, and blesses my soul when, when, when I go in there and, and we talked about this last night when, when there's some of their life group folks are, are in there as well. So that's how we do it with the prayer card. And then finally, the worship response, the worship response card. That's this card right here. Again, at the end of the worship service, when somebody comes forward for membership, when a person comes forward at the end of the worship service, uh, they're greeted by a minister. At the, the way we do it at Warren is when our, pa- our pastor gives an uh, invitation every Sunday at the end of every worship service. And when he does that, we have uh, ministers assigned in each of our venues, and they come down front and they greet people as they come. Not only do we have ministers down front, we have what's called a worship response team. They're lay leaders who come down during the invitation as well. They've got lanyards like this that says worship response on it, and they come and stand in the front of the pew. So if I'm standing in the, in the center aisle and somebody comes forward... I walk up to him and I said, hey, we're so grateful you're coming, coming forward today. What decision are you coming forward to make today? So I try to clarify the decision right now. I need prayer. I'm coming for membership. I need to know more about Jesus. Praise God. So what I do is I immediately hand them off to a worship response leader. And they immediately take them to the worship response room. Okay, And then they begin the follow-up process with them through this card. We also have a minister assigned to the worship response room. So when the invitation is closed, as they come forward, they're greeted, they're immediately taken to the worship response room. And then when the invitation is closed, the, the minister who's over the worship response room that day, he or she goes into the worship response room, and they're there to help assist in the worship response. But we have coached our worship response lay leaders up to follow this card. And as you can see right here, they, we get the, 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 their, their volunteer's name, obviously the worship response date, the volunteer's name. So if we have any questions, we can pick up the phone and call them. Then we put the person's last name there. And we ask everybody who comes forward, no matter if they're, if they're saying, you know, uh, I'm coming from, you know, I've been a member at Brookwood Baptist Church for the last 30 years. Praise God. We're so glad you're here. Let me ask you, in your personal opinion, what do you understand it takes for a person to go to heaven? Because we want to hear them articulate their faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And if they can't articulate their faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to share the gospel with them, okay? So we want to qualify them. We ask them the, 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 the we call it the key question, if you will. And then after trusting uh, Christ, did you follow that up with believer's baptism, baptism by immersion? Okay, so we walk them through this process. And if you'll notice on the back of this card, um, 
Have you taken Discover Warren? Yes or no? Yes, I've already taken it. Fantastic. No? Well, we give them a card. The next Discover Warren happens, boom. We say, if they're children in first grade, have they taken Inside Track? Inside Track is our Discover Warren for our first through fifth graders. Okay? Did you, uh, this is, did you give them a Discover Warren and Inside Track card? Are you enrolled in a life group? If they're not, we give them a listing of all of our life groups. And we try to enroll them right then. Okay? We ask them... Um, uh, if they are, we ask for the leader's name. If no, we try to help them find one. And then again, we, we notate when they came and what have you. And then we get their, their contact information so that we can follow them up. Bottom line, we're seeking to be intentional and, and as timely as we possibly can with our follow-up process. When we receive contact information from a guest, we treat it like it's gold, y'all. I mean, it's, it is gold. And we take that and we immediately get them in the system and we immediately follow up with them. The final component of our assimilation process... Whoop, where am I? I, I skipped over, I'm sorry. Is, is accountability. Well, no, here we are, it's accountability. Uh, you know the old saying, you don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect, uh, and we, so we constantly inspect it. So we, what we do, uh, the way we hold our staff accountable is we have the weekly connections report, and we do this through ed team. When I meet with my education team, Drew, this is just one that Drew brought on July 30th at our education team meeting. This is the connections report for that week. So Drew brought that report in, and he goes over this report with us. He talks about folks, um, you know, uh, the, the next steps. We talk, you know, th these are folks who had taken the next step there on the left-hand side. The I knew the, 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 the group in the middle, that was all the first-time guests for that Sunday. So he's assigned. You see Sean. Sean's our single adult pastor. Drew is our young and meet adult pastor. Andrew is our college and singles, our young singles pastor. So he's the, that's who they're, that, that week, that's, that's kind of the conglomeration that we had. If it was a single woman, then Jacqueline would have gotten it. Uh, if it was a, a mature adult, Dave's name would have been there. And then you see over here, our baptisms, we try to keep up with our, we do keep up, we don't try, we keep up with our baptisms. We see the folks that were recently baptized, and then we see those who are in the shoot ready to be baptized. And so we're, and again, so then we, we click them off. We issue our baptisms to date on both the Warren campus as well as the Grotetown campus. And then we look at last year's numbers, where we were. And I love this, that he puts, he always puts this little quote here. I thought this one was great. It says, as a leader in your church, one of your responsibilities to help people grow in their relationship with other believers. Listen, relationships are the glue of your church. That's why you need small groups. Man, oh man, I, I believe that. I believe that. So that connections report is given every Tuesday at our staff. Every other, we meet every other Tuesday as, a, as, a, as an ed staff, and he gives that report. Then the staff contact is reported to the connections office, meaning if I get a, a, a report assigned to me, by Friday of that week, I have to send an email to Robin and Pam and CC Drew and say, hey, I called Lane and Liz Lowry. This was the result of my contact. I, I, mean, I, I want to see that. And I tell Drew if they don't send that, I'm talking about our staff now, if they don't send that, let me know and I will pick up the phone or I'll go to their office and say, Lane, why haven't you made your contact calls this week? Well, I've been really, I understand that. This is priority. They get the information by Tuesday. Okay, that's at the latest they get the information by Tuesday. And, and I, you know, so at the end of the day, I'm constantly checking, making sure they're making their phone calls. And like I said, I do it as well because I'm not going to ask them to do something I'm not going to do. And it's easy. I mean, it's not that hard. But it's like anything else, you don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. And then with our lay leaders, the email sent with the prospect's contact information from, from them to offer a life group invitation. And then the life group leader reports their contact to the connections pastor. When we send them to a life group leader, if they don't make contact or if they don't report the contact back, we make a phone call to them and say, hey, Bill, 
you, I see that we sent you uh, some contact. What, have you made contact this week? No, man, I've been real. Hey, will you please get on that and let us know what happens? Okay, they do. If it happens over and over again, we don't send bill contacts anymore. I, I go with the goers. I got some groups that, man, oh, man, oh, man, they're going and blowing, and I will send them to them. Because if they're not going to be good stewards, I'm not going to send them to them. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I'm going to go with those who, who understand the, how important this is. And so I'll, I'll let them not do it a couple times. Now, that doesn't say they don't do it. So what I do is I say, okay, Bill, don't worry about it. I'm going to get somebody else to do it. And I'll send them to somebody to another life group. And, and, and we'll just do that. And that, that's just the way it goes. And so I just don't send them to Bill anymore because if he's not going to do it, you know, I'm not going to keep sending them. Because it's just it's too, it's, too, it's too important. As I stated earlier, it's not a complicated process. However, it does require work and constant attention. It does, y'all. It does. So how does the assimilation process fit perfectly into the Sunday school of the small groups ministry? Well, as a groups guy, I believe that the Sunday school doesn't simply fit into the assimilation process. It's the key component and cannot be accomplished without the Sunday school. Dr. uh, Dr. Hemphill and Bill Taylor said it best, and I quote them, when they said that a church may do well at attracting people through dynamic worship, but if people are to feel wanted and needed, they need the relationships that are developed in the context of a small group. The Sunday school ministry, with its open, Bible, uh, open small Bible study groups, provides the most comprehensive system for ensuring everyone of every age has the possibility of a small group experience. Man, oh man, oh man. That's, that's, that's perfect. That's why it's imperative that we have a system in place to promote and funnel our people into a Sunday school environment. Again, it's that funnel. The, 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 the largest part of that is that they enter through the worship service or they enter through one of these other, other areas. But the point is the next step is we get into a, a life group, a small group, a Sunday school class. We want to get them there. Because if we don't get them there, they're not going to stay connected. Because we've talked about this from the very beginning today. It's all about relationships. It's about getting people connected. And again, make, like I said, making them feel wanted, not just welcome. We need them in our groups. We want them in our groups. If they're not there, they're missed if they don't come. So, again, this is simply the five functions of the church right here, and that's exactly what the small group ministry is. So first and foremost, we want to see them connected to Jesus Christ. And, and, and well, that's the evangelism factor. First and foremost, we want to connect people to Jesus Christ through a personal relationship with Him. And I believe an effective Sunday school teacher will make much of Christ and invite others to follow Him. I challenge my Sunday school teachers all the time. Give an invitation. I know the preacher may give one. He's going to give one. But when you're done with your lesson, if you're being prompted by the Holy Spirit, I pray there's lost people sitting in your Sunday school classes. So when the Holy Spirit prompts you, give an invitation. Give an invitation. Because we want lost people sitting in our Sunday school classes. We want lost people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so therefore, I constantly challenge my leaders and teachers, you, you know, be an evangelistic Sunday school. Next is... Um, discipleship, obviously, we teach God's Word. Systematic Bible study is, is, the, is a foundational step of discipleship for helping people mature in their walk with Christ. That's why we make much of the Bible. We teach the Bible in our Sunday school classes. That's what we teach. We don't teach book, books about the Bible. We teach uh, God's Word. And so therefore, we, we want to make much about that. And, and so that's, again, once again, it's all about discipleship. It's about moving people to a, to a deeper walk with Christ. Next is that Christ-centered community. That's fellowship, worship, fellowship, discipleship. We know that Christianity is not a solo sport. We were created for community. And Sunday school offers the opportunity for people to meet with others of the same age and stage in life, thus fulfilling our innate desire for connection. I believe that, man. Mine was a life that was changed through Sunday school. 
I was a young married, and uh, my wife and I, both of us came from dysfunctional families. We had no church upbringing. I've never gone to a vacation Bible school as a kid. I, my parents are divorced. It was, it was, she had dysfunction. I had dysfunction. We got saved, praise God, and got connected in Dr. Bob Nipper's Sunday school class as 23-year-olds, and it changed everything. Changed everything, man. He, he poured into my life. His wife, Danella, poured into my wife's life and radically changed everything. Everything. It's so important that we get connected into that Christ-centered community. Like I said at the very front end, people are going to find community someplace. It could be down at the pool hall or it could be in your church. But we got to get them in there. And when we get them in there, we got to have people that are willing to pour into them. Next is the Sunday school has a built-in mechanism to help people get and stay connected to the church. And that's where the investment in ministry and missions is so important. This could fit into the Christ-centered community piece. However, I view this component as the meeting needs, as meeting needs in the name of Jesus mechanism where the Sunday school members support and minister to each other during times of needs, i.e. funerals, weddings, new babies, etc. It also goes beyond the walls of the Sunday school class where we help people discover their spiritual gifts as well as their passions, interests, and experiences and help them to connect with people um, with ongoing ministry opportunities. And this can include roles in the Sunday school class as well as roles outside of the Sunday school class. When you're talking about first impressions team, age division ministry, worship response, baptism, security, tech, all kinds of things. We want to help people move. And like I said before, it, it, it blesses my soul. When I show up at a hospital room or I show up before a surgery and they've got three or four Sunday school members there with them. Man, oh man, oh man. That's what it's all about. It blesses my soul when, 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 when a, a, a young couple's getting ready to get married and the church comes up around them and the Sunday school comes up around them. It blesses my soul when a baby is born and they do a meal train for them and the Sunday school just wraps their arms around them. It blesses my soul when somebody's sick and infirm and the church is coming over there. They're cutting their grass. They're taking care of their kids. They're, they're doing... That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. And so we've got to keep constantly coaching people up and coaching our leaders up that this investment in ministry and missions is so important. And then next, devotion to God. That's the worship piece of that. All great commission work grows out of a love and devotion, a worship to God. The Sunday school ministry involves people in worship by leading them to acknowledge who Jesus is and to express love for Him personally and corporately. The Sunday school provides opportunity for people to worship through prayer and praise, through stewardship of their time, abilities, and resources. And then there's just other forms of, of expressing devotion to Christ. This is where they learn to, 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 to walk with Christ. This is where they're, they're held accountable. This is where when they're not there, people miss them. When they're not there, people pick up the phone and call them. Ultimately, as I thought about this and wrote this statement, I just said, you know, I feel like ultimately when people are enrolled in and connected to a small group, they move from being a name on a piece of paper to a member of a faith community, which is a family. Families aren't perfect, are they? And can oftentimes be messy. However, when they seek to keep Jesus Christ in the center, they thrive and grow. I believe that, man. I believe that in the core of my being, or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be here today. I believe that. And I believe that we've got to do everything that we can to get those people from sitting in the pew to sitting in circles in a small group, man. We've got to, that, we've got to make much of that. We must make much of that if we're going to reach people and help them to move along that conveyor belt of discipleship, if you will. We've covered a lot of ground today, guys, and I'm about to wrap up. And we discussed a number of administrative steps and components that make, a, that make up the whole of an effective assimilation process. Ultimately, the goal is to have healthy Christ followers who go into the world and live their lives on mission. It's about making disciples 
and multiplying disciple makers who will go back out into the world and change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, at the end of the day, I think of assimilation as a relay race where runners pass the baton. You know, it's in the passing of the baton where the, way, where the race is won or lost. Our job as leaders is to have a system in place to ensure a safe and a healthy baton pass. Because God gives us those people, man, and we are stewards of them. We are stewards of them. And so therefore, I want to do everything I can to make sure we have good, clean, clear you know, roles into ministry, opportunities into ministry, that we're passing the baton in such a way that we're not going to let people fall through the cracks. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Any questions? I gave you a lot to think about. Let me pray and we'll be done. Father in heaven, I love you, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today, Lord God. Father, I thank you for how you gifted each person in this room today, Lord. I pray that uh, they would take maybe one thing, one thing from here, Father. Maybe there's something in here that they can take that would help them to, to help assimilate, help move people from, from outsiders to insiders, maybe a little bit more effectively, Father. Lord, I thank you for each one who's in here today who, who, could, who gave up a Saturday morning, Father, who could be doing a myriad of other things but came here today to learn a little bit more about you and your, and your uh, desire for them in ministry. Father, I would imagine that there's some people sitting in this room that may be in a hard place in ministry right now. God, I pray that you would just come up alongside of them. Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would buoy them. I pray for encouragement where encouragement is needed. I pray that you would bring about help where help is needed. I pray, Father, that you would just bless and protect them. I pray that you would multiply their ministry, Lord, for your glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we pray all this in the matchless name of our Savior and Lord, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you guys very much.